0: Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we discuss hard-won self-defense lessons, as well as the information you need to survive a violent encounter. Listen as armed professionals, industry experts, and gunfight survivors help answer all your firearms and self-defense questions while exploring your rights and responsibilities as an armed citizen. Ballistic Radio. Just the facts. And now, here's your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com and get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, videos, stuff, constant battle against derp, hashtags, ooh, at Facebook.com slash Ballistic Radio. Coasting with me
1: this evening is Flip Flop 6-2, Matt the Minion. <laughs> Why am I flip-flopped 6'2"? Because I wore them once. Well, yeah, but I'm flip-flop actual, so. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, you, you didn't see that part. See, we... Yeah. we <laughs> I, I got into... I don't even know how I got into an argument about this. Somebody posted a photo that um, was a very, very obvious and clear safety violation to me and pretty much everyone I talked to. And I just shared it on the Facebook page and said, hey, this is a bad idea. And that started some stuff like it usually does i guess because i'm a controversial figure but it was weird though because some of this guy's supporters kept um you know they didn't really have an actual argument but guys supporters well if you knew so and so and and they started calling by this title and it was weird i'm like this title was not accurate to anything that he actually is you know if you can think of and i'm trying to keep this as vague as possible so that i'm not speaking directly about this person but um it occurred to me that what I'm going to do in the future is give myself a title that's not actually based off of any actual achievement, so that when I'm arguing with someone and the facts don't support what I'm saying, I've at least got a cool title to call myself to fall back on, sort of like an appeal to authority. So I'm I'm gonna be flip flop actual from now on. All right then. You're like, I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about, but anyway. We'll go with it. <laughs> People that know how to talk on the radio know uh, know why that's funny. Not not like broadcast radio, but talking on radios. They know why that's funny. So and that's the till I care about. So anyway, quick reminder: this segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat makers of the finest custom 1911s, airs, and scatterguns since 1977. Legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories at www.wilsoncombat.com. I almost threw too many W's in there. Www, 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 www. Yep. That's, uh, anyway, so we're doing a Facebook users question show again. And, and you guys might notice I'm actually going to be doing these about once a month. Um, cause I'm lazy and it's easier than planning an actual show, but also too, you guys seem to enjoy it. Or at least some of you seem to enjoy it. And I only need a little bit of encouragement to talk the entire hour. Uh, it's funny though because we don't have any internet in the studio right now. So usually the way this would work is, is the menu would pull up the questions on on the computer and blah blah blah.
1: So we're doing it off our phones this it's, show. It's quite interesting. No internet, and my my phone has 32% battery. Mm. Will it last? We'll see.
0: That's, <laughs> what's the over and under, over under on that? We'll we'll take bets at the end of the show. Anyway, our favorite question from tonight is going to win something cool or something out of my office one of the two i guess it could be cool but anyway some of the stuff in your office is cool so yeah i'm not going to give them any of that
1: though i'm just going to give them the junk i don't want anymore well there is a cat litter box in your office too so you know Mm. (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's something good maybe it's something Mm. not so desirable right anyway anyway moving forward what's the first question minion the first one is from francisco sanchez if you had to pick only one knife between the spider co i already forgot how to pronounce that Pacal. Pacal. And the clinch pick for weapons retention slash self-defense, which would you pick and why? Um, So in my experience, limited as
0: it is, uh, deploying a folding knife, even something like the Spyderco, which has a wave-type feature where it'll open on its own coming out of the pocket, is not as quick as deploying a fixed-blade knife. Um, The one thing I could count on when I went through my ECQC evolution, oh, which speaking of, you're going to go to ECQC next month. That's going to be awesome maybe if i like you i'll let you borrow a training knife anyway the one thing that i could depend on when i you know was getting beaten to death in force on force um was deploying my fixed blade knife that was the one thing that i could do pretty reliably that did not fail miserably um you know and the thing about someone trying to take a fixed blade knife from you really the only way they can take that is blade first and um uh, in real life trying to take a knife blade first with your hands doesn't work so good um i mean i suppose you could do it but it it was comforting at least um it's one of the reasons why i will change a lot of things but you know i've been carrying the same special circumstances um maleficus on my belt for coming up on 2 years now 3 years close Anyway, three years next year. Um, so one thing that hadn't changed just because it worked really well for what I needed to work for. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to do a knife, if you're going to include that as part of your weapons retention training or just as part of your self-defense plan, I'd really, really prefer a fixed-blade knife if you can get away with that, um, you know, depending on the laws of your state and what you're comfortable with. But so, yeah, anyway, um, clinch pick. There you go. Not that the call's not nice. And actually, when we were in San Francisco uh, last year, that's the only thing that I could carry with me. was I mm-hmm. uh, had to borrow one, actually, from um, Triple Design because it's like, oh, I didn't bring one. And apparently uh, fixed blade knives are a no-no. It was actually in San Francisco, there's less of a penalty for carrying a gun illegally than there is for carrying a fixed blade knife. <laughs> Explain that one to me. Uh, but anyway.
1: It's San Francisco. Yes. Anyway, next one. Uh, Klein Hunt. It says, nightstand weapon, your EDC or double action revolver? Why? How is long gun, pre-staged, bolt open, closed, round chambered, or no?
0: So there's two questions there. I um, suppose so. EDC is everyday carry. If you're new to the show or new to this, that's uh, we like to abbreviate things here in this community for some reason. Um, what if my EDC is a double action revolver?
1: Well, then you're
0: already set. Yeah. Uh, generally, I like having more bullets. And if it's a nightstand gun, I like having a flashlight on it. There are not too many double-action revolvers that allow you to have a flashlight on the gun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, semi-auto pistol with a lot of bullets is generally a good thing. Um, as far as a long gun for self-defense, and, you know, we'll we'll talk about ARs since that's kind of how that question was posed. Uh, I will keep a magazine in the gun, bolt closed, no round-chambered safety on you know if i need to do work uh run the bolt safety off if i need to shoot something if not i can run the bolt leave the safety on um do whatever i need to do and then if i don't need to do anything i will i will unchamber that round and um you know put it in my to shoot pile that's one thing i will say rifles especially are susceptible to um the the firing pin tapping the the primer is that uh, the round is chambered not enough to set it off but what it will do is knock the primer compound off the primer there are several um and by several i mean a lot i've documented cases where police departments have gone to shoot people with rifles um and gotten a click instead of a bang because they've chambered the round over and over and over again and it's a dead primer and it's not going to go off for anything um So, yeah. Anyway, if you chamber a rifle round and don't shoot it, then that needs to become a training round uh, pretty much first time you do it. So, yeah. Hey, we got through the first segment with no problems. (sighs) More with Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio. This segment brought to you by Dark Star Gear. Whether you're entering the danger zone or going to the mall... Or maybe the mall is the danger zone.
1: Danger zone!
0: Dark Gear has a solution to your gear carrying needs. Check out their clip-on holster for small semi-autos and revolvers, or their highly adjustable full-size AIWB holster. They even have a belt-wrap sheath for popular fixed-blade centerline knives to really tie your EDC together. Like that one rug I used to have. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Check out the holsters used by myself and many of the show's guests. We even let the Minion have one.
1: I get one too. Yay. Yay. Find out more
0: at darkstargear.com. I was actually out there last weekend eating sushi off of his kitchen counter because we are cool like that. And um, You know, you've never lived until you're, you've got your soy sauce and like a little like measuring cup because that's the only <laughs> container we have that's like the right size and got a lot done though. Uh, did some cool hol- holster stuff and, uh, Adam Roth and I from Aratus industries managed to fix the Beretta 1301 shell dumping into the receiver issue in about 90 seconds. So that was cool because I know it had been confusing a lot of people and it made me feel a lot smarter than I actually am. So should be getting a prototype of that, um, new product to put on the 13 sometime soon now people are going what well you'll just have to wait and see so anyway we are doing a facebook question show um doing those about once a month now because like i said i'm lazy but also you guys seem to enjoy it and you get a chance to win
1: possibly cool stuff so anyway minion more More questions more questions from Brave forest has the eidolon made the vanguard too obsolete why or why not
0: Um, so talking about the Raven, I like how we asked that question right after I advertised for Darkstrike Arrow. (laughs) Um, they get along, though, really well. Uh, no, seriously, though, the, so the, the Eidolon is Raven's new appendix carry holster. Um, Vanguard 2 is sort of covers the trigger guard can be used for appendix carry. They do two really different things. The Vanguard 2 is really optimized for deep concealment. Um, very minimalist, low-profile holster. The Eidolon is actually a, you know, do-it-all style holster. You can wear it at a more traditional position, um, or you can wear it appendix. Okay. It's very customizable that way. Some people really like them. Um, I tried one on, and it was really fast. wasn't as comfortable sitting down as I'd like, um, but, you know, honestly, I hadn't set it up at all. It's just someone had one I tried it on. So it's it's a cool-looking holster, Um you know, it might work for you, might not, uh, and that's a. So let's talk about that for a second. A lot of people will try and ask me questions like, "What's the best appendix holster there is?" Um, there isn't a best one. There really isn't. I know opinions differ on that, but there are too many body types. There are too many things that people are looking for. Um, you know, one of the reasons why that I suggest the Darkstar Gears. I've always had a lot of luck with them. They're very adjustable holsters. They've always been very high quality. That's not to say there aren't other companies making really good holsters as well. Um, Jam Custom Kydex does some uh, Keeper's Concealment, Raven sees, um, Concealed Oh, God Anyway there's, duper, 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 duper. Duper, 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 duper. Anyway, the point being is that appendix holsters, me being able to tell you Exactly which holster is going to work for you and which one isn't Is probably not A hundred percent thing I can give you general suggestions, but everyone Likes different things So, um, Yeah, and we're all built different, apparently Yeah I did find out on the break I might not be fat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I, I heard that. Yeah. I, I think that, I, no, I'm still fat. <laughs> anyway, next question.
1: We have one from Sundance Miner or Air. I'm not quite sure, but. Fake name on Facebook. <laughs> not against, not, that, that's against the rules now. No. No. Anyway. Anyway, it says, I recently lucked out and found a Glock Model 40 sitting on the shelf of a local gun store. Can, for, for those that don't know, the mock, the, the mock Glock model. Makagaka? Uh, the Glock Model
0: 40 is a 10 millimeter long slide. Uh, it's set up for optics from the factory.
1: Anyway, continue. Okay, so basically, he purchased it and is trying to decide the kind of sights and possibly which model Trijicon RMR would work best for his needs. It's primarily going to be a woods gun for bear, uh, possibly doing some deer hunting with it. Doesn't know much about the dots and Trigicon and all the variants. He says, what would you recommend? And also, would you recommend suppressor height irons to co-witness your dot site? Yes. And I will also throw in, since we were talking before, he said he picked up a uh, Dark Star Gear Glock 43 holster and loves the quality and how it works and everything. So.
0: Oh, see? Look. Now, there you go. Um, well, that worked out well. So we kind of – anyway, going back to the question. Uh, I've had a lot of luck lately with the RM09, which is their new one MOA solution, which is pretty much the smallest dot they make um, from an accuracy standpoint. It actually makes it usable for me. Before, they weren't because I have a pretty bad astigmatism, and I'd see, like, this smear that um, was just pretty terrible. So I'm I'm pretty sure that for me the one MOA dot is probably what most people see with the three-and-a-half MOA dot or close to it. Um as far as suppressor sight heights, uh, geez, it's going to be one of those days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Suppressor height sights go. Yes, you want those if you are going to be running an optic on any sort of serious pistol. The reason for that, if you run normal sights, it's not that they don't coat with us; it's you don't use them at all because you don't see them, um, you know, or not in any meaningful way. And the Trigicon RMR is a pretty tough optic, but they do break. I've broken them. Um, I know other guys that have broken them. And if you really need the pistol, chances are that the world working the way it works, that's going to be the one time that optic doesn't function the way you want. Um, Or another thing to think of, you know, once, once you've zeroed your optic or whatever, you see where that is in relation to your iron sights. If for whatever reason you pull a gun out and the dot's not where it should be in relation to the irons, well, that's probably a clue that you're about to launch a bullet somewhere you didn't intend to. So, anyway, there you go. Next
1: question. Next one is from Josh Bregroom. If you could choose one carry pistol for the rest of your life besides a Glock, what would you choose and why? Huh. Um. Probably a SIG P226,
0: and mainly because that's what I've got the most rounds through other than the Glocks. Um, I shoot them pretty well. And they have, in my experience, proven to be very, very durable. Um, so, yeah, that's for me. You know, I don't like M&Ps very much. Um, it's, wait, that's not fair. I actually like them better than Glocks, but I don't shoot them very well, which just goes to show feelings don't really matter that much. I mean, maybe um, maybe like an HKP30 or VP9. Um but I've not had as much luck with those as far as shooting them. go. I actually run a two twenty six pretty well. So um, that, and I like that there are 18-round Flesh Fit magazines available for them. Because once again, I like having more rounds. So, anyway.
1: Next one. Pocket gun? Yes. Please. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jim Sadowski says, visiting with my three godsons recently, my IWB PCR became unworkable. Thus, I find myself considering truly pocketable gun. Blah, 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 blah. It says, your choice, slash advantage, advantages, disadvantages, semi, J-frame, et cetera. Um, we really like to abbreviate
0: things, don't we? Yes, we do. IWB would be inside the waistband. PCR is a holster style, I believe. Um, but anyway, uh, so if I will – I'm going to give you two conflicting piece of, pieces of advice here. Uh, probably one of the better pocket guns is going to be a small five-shot revolver, J-frame, like you said – reason for that is they seem to hold up pretty well inside of pockets as far as gathering lint and things like that and continuing to function okay um personally so here's my do as i say not as i do well, i really do what works for you um if i'm going to do a pocket gun it's probably a glock g42 which is their small 380 but 380 is bad well yeah but i can hit stuff with it um you know for me a pocket gun is probably going to be an offhand weapon um so, I can shoot a glock forty two with my left hand a lot better than I can a five shot revolver um you know, I've gone out to fifty yards with the glock forty two and it's a lot easier to do that with that gun for me personally than it is with a you know small double action um and I'm of the opinion that hits with a sub optimal round are better than with better than misses with a better bunny ears round, mm-hmm. um, But, you know, that, that depends. A couple tips I will th- say. If you're going to pocket carry, it needs to have something covering the trigger guard, period. Um, there needs to not be anything else in that pocket. Vertical pockets work a little bit better than horizontal ones as far as, you know, pocket carrying in jeans is not as easy as pocket carrying in slacks or cargo pants or whatever. Does slacks make me old? If I say the word slacks, is that like a... I don't know. I don't know either. So anyway, uh we've
1: got about a minute and fifty seconds left in this segment. We could probably do this one quick. John C. McGuire. What is the difference I would see in performance buying a high end Bunny Ears AR fifteen versus an off the shelf model? <laughs> Your idea of what we can
0: do quick versus my idea of what we can do quick are, are two different are. things, Minion. They are. What you meant was that's a question I can read quick. Um I being you, being me being now I'm just killing time. So we're going to probably go into the next segment on this. Um, I'm going to make that a broader question. Just talk about expectations. Um, so when when you're buying, a we'll talk about a Knight's Armament, for instance, Knight's Armament rifle. Uh, I like those a lot. You know, I've got two of them. One of them went 20,000 rounds without cleaning, without any problems that were gun related. Um I now have a very high expectation that if I were to buy a Knight's armament project, um, night's armament product, that it would work well. If I buy a, you know, different rifle like the GTO Core 15, <laughs> that we couldn't get, um, you know, what 120 rounds through without three, like, fight-ending malfunctions. I now have an expectation that if I were to buy one of those guns, it will not work. Now, let's talk about expectations, what that actually means. That's not to say knights can't make a gun that doesn't work. I know for a fact they have in the past, and they probably will in the future. It's just unusual. And that's not to say that GTO is not going to make a rifle that works great. They might. I'm just not expecting them to do that. Um, and that can go over to lots of all other products we'll talk about it when we get back right now. you're listening to ballistic radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, this segment brought to you by TopGunSupply.com. TopGunSupply.com is your web source for fine firearms, parts, and accessories. True product specialists committed to delivering the highest level of customer support to you. They carry top-name brands including Ed Brown, Wilson Combat, Les Bear 6 Hour, and many more, as well as premium AR pattern rifles. Whether you are looking to protect yourself, are a first-time gun buyer, or a competitive shooter, TopGunSupply.com can satisfy your firearms' needs. TopGunSupply.com, your premier source for SIG parts and accessories. So we are doing your questions on tonight's show. And the one we were talking about before was, what are the differences between a high-quality um, rifle or a low-quality rifle? And then I sort of just started talking about brands in general. So when a when a company gets a reputation for high quality, my expectation is I can buy one of their products that'll work. Um, reverse of that is that if you know company gets a reputation for low quality, chances are if I buy one of their products, it's not going to work. Now, where people get into trouble is assuming that their example of one is indicative of the overall quality of the brand. Here is one of my favorites, High Points. Um, high Points are very cheaply made firearms that in general have a reputation for not working very well. Now, their carbines work actually pretty good in my experience, but their pistols not so much. Now, that's not to say you can't get a high point that runs great for you know, thousands of rounds. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Um, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't uh, MG's sitting in garages somewhere that don't leak oil and have electrical problems and and run great. I'm sure that exists. I've just never heard of one. Um, The minion was a mechanic, so he's just smiling at that analogy. Um, If that makes sense, though. So, you know, when you're examining things like this, just, yes, if you buy quality, you can expect to get quality. You can expect to get a lot more rounds through it. They'll, in general, um, be more accurate, easier to shoot well, blah, 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 blah. Uh, That's not to say you can't get a lemon from them. That's also not to say you can't get a great gun from a different manufacturer. It's just what are you likely to get? And, you know, the other thing, too, is I see a lot more examples of guns than most people do. Um, And when I have an opinion about something, you know, like a high point, per se, um, that's because I've seen a lot of them not work. That's not to say there aren't ones that do work. There aren't ones that – anyway, you know what I mean. Next question.
1: All right, the next question, as I bring my phone up here. Oh, wait,
0: I wanted to say, um, congratulations to Andrew Flowers? Yes. That won last month's giveaway with Top Gun Supply, the Surefire Titan A keychain flashlight. Um, what are they giving away this month? The TLR1. Nice. So, Streamlight TLR1. I believe that's, wow. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> wait. Oh. Yes. Um, so cool weapon mounted light. I you know a lot of people like those a lot, and, um, yeah. We'll be getting that giveaway up shortly. Holiday weekend. I guess it's okay that you don't do things right away. Yeah. So, well. Anyway,
1: next question. Uh, Brandon Wilcox. Over the last few years, more and more people have been carrying a long gun, and in some cases some sort of body armor in their personal vehicles for various reasons. What are your thoughts on this? Good idea when done in a legal and safe manner or possibly more trouble than it's worth? Huh. Um,
0: so the legal, the legal manner is usually fine. Most people are are cool with that. The safe manner is the part that I think a lot of people get hung up on. Um, if I have to pick between walking a gun to someone or walking body armor to someone, I would much rather a gun get stolen than body armor. Body armor scares me, um, if the wrong people get it. Now, that's I'm not saying there need to be restrictions on body armor or things like that, but when I, when I look at assumed risk and what risk I'm willing to assume and for what reason, I don't you know. It just seems worse to me. Uh, that having been said, if you're going to keep anything in your car at all, it really needs to be secured well, um, you know, in a strong box or something like that. So if you're going to keep a long gun in your car, it needs to be locked up so that the only way someone is getting that out is with power tools over the course of, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes at the very least, not something that they can break your window out and snag it. Same thing with armor. Now, when people start talking about keeping armor in the car and, and long guns and things like that, the chances that you actually get to throw that stuff on are so incredibly minuscule that when we look at the risk that we are assuming versus the potential advantage they give us, in my mind, in most cases, the risk outweighs the advantage. You know, that may be different for you based off of where you're at and how easy it is for you to secure a long gun and armor. Um you know, that's just my thoughts on it. So I understand from a theoretical standpoint why people do it. Not going to tell people not to do it, um, but I think that caution should be utilized if you are going to start doing things like that on a regular basis. So, yeah, I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to word this in a way that people are not going to have a problem with it, but I'm probably beyond <laughs> the point of people not having a problem with what I say, right? Mm, gee, you're never going to
1: appease everyone. Mm, I think someone appease. said that once. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just said it. So when You don't. Matter anyway. No, continue, please. Clyde Rhodes says uh, recommended internal modifications to use to your CCW gun, but also possible legal complications that may arise from not using 100% stock configuration in the event of a justified SD shooting, self defense shooting. Yes. Just realized I didn't listen to that question at all. Was you? Were. No, I did. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um,
0: so here's the thing: any modification that you're going to make to your firearm. People get hung up on that, they'll say things like, no, don't make any modifications, blah, 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 legal ramifications. That's not inaccurate if you can't tell people why you did it. Um, It's also not inaccurate if you start disabling safeties or things like that. Um, You know, or start going into the realm of, instead of purposeful acts, you know, things that you do on accident. Well, I didn't mean to shoot him. So here's a a funny thing. Most places, if you are legally justified shooting someone on purpose, but do it on accident and say so, and I'm aware of a couple of cases where that's happened, that's a problem. Um, That's one of the reasons why people say not to talk to the cops afterwards, and that's a completely different conversation. Uh, But you you say things like, I didn't mean to shoot him or I didn't want to shoot him or something like that, and it gets... You know, yeah, of course you didn't want to shoot someone, but that gets misconstrued into you didn't mean to shoot someone, and then there's a problem. Um, So I'll give you, for instance, I modify most of my guns pretty heavily. I will improve the triggers on them while I do that so that I can be more accurate, which is safer for everyone involved. Um, You know, I will change the ergonomics on them so that I am, once again, more accurate, more able to put rounds on the target and not miss. I mean, I can tell You, why I'm doing things. Why do you have hollow points in your because they're more effective and that's what local law enforcement carries? Blah 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 blah. And it's safer for those, you know, around. Um, so, whatever you do, just make sure that you can justify You have a reason to do it and you're not doing anything derpy, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, disabling safeties or crazy light trigger poles, things like that. Um, I'm aware of those getting people in trouble
1: as well. So. Yeah, hey, that's on your pistol. Yeah, have bandits on your pistol.
0: <laughs> That's a bad idea? Yep. Especially if you like two appendix carry. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Thanks. Free vasectomies. Yay.
1: only do that once. Well, <laughs> you would hope. Hopefully. Anyway. Next one's from Chris Nellos. Do you ever train in flip flops? I've heard you mention you were always wearing them. Do you see any disadvantages to your footwear? Huh.
0: Um, I don't know, Minion. Do you see me training in flip flops? I do. Yeah. Um, yes, there are disadvantages to flip-flops. I, they're actually really, really terrible, stupid shoes to wear. Uh, I'm not going to stop, but I'm aware of their limitations and I'm not saying that anyone else should go out and do that. Um, if you are going to make poor footwear life choices continuously over and over again, like I seem to, then yes, you probably want to go train, um, in, and whatever you're wearing. I know that when I was up shooting with Robert Vogel, uh, the first, time I went up there. Um he's got a gravel bay in back of his house and I stuck a piece of gravel so far under my big toe that I had to, you know, pull it out with pliers. Um and that stung a little bit, but it didn't really stop me from doing anything. And it you know I didn't really notice it until later. So um yes, I train in flip flops and unless the uh person that I am with training with would have a problem with it it's against range rules. But you know even in Polypalooza when I was helping um, helping out at the range or whatever. I had flip flops on the second day and it didn't seem to cause me any trouble. So I don't know, do what you're going to do, train the way you're going to be, you know, it's like if you go to a a class to learn how to carry better or whatever, and you were an outside the waistband retention holster and every other day you're pocket carrying, I'm not saying you can't learn skills there, but you're probably not learning as many as you could as if you trained the way that you were actually going to do things. So anyway, minute and 20
1: seconds left in this segment. Oh, man, you're going to make me try and find another one. Doo, 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 doo. Quick. I'll just read it, and if you can't make it, and I'll pick it back up. What is the best or most useful training you have attended, and who was the instructor? Um, managing Unknown Contacts
0: with Craig Douglas, and that's actually the first part of several of his classes, including ECQC, which you're going to get to go find out about. Um, of all the things that I have learned doing this, I can say with 100% honesty is the only thing that I use every single day. Um, You know, I've learned all sorts of cool malfunction clearances and, you know, ways to shoot faster or more accurately or, you know, draw quicker or whatever. But, you know, I've not had much call for that except in very few limited instances, whereas... Um, learning how not to get in trouble, actively learning how not to get in trouble or learning how to actively not get in trouble is something that I've employed every single day since I've, you know, attended it. And I've been to, you know, two separate instances where he's teached muck or managing unknown contacts. I can really say it's super, super important for everyone to go out and look that up and Try and get to it, or at least read. There's some PDFs floating around online about the principles of it. Anyway, more of your questions right now. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio. This segment brought to you by Tax Strike Steel Target Systems, makers of the quarter-scale steel target and the arched frame target stand, which are literally the best steel targets and target stands I've ever used. Hit their steel targets with more than 50,000 rounds of rifle, pistol, and shotgun ammunition without a single problem. For more information, visit them at taxstrike.com. So, we are doing the Facebook users question show thing that will have a cool, nerdy title after the Minion thinks of one uh, when we put it up online. So, wow, Jake didn't turn the Minion's microphone on. (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I don't think he likes me. Uh, he was distracted by some <laughs> fellow in an orange hat. Thank you, fellow in an orange hat. I appreciate it. Um, so, no. Anyway, wow. I'm breaking the, the fourth wall like all the time. <laughs> Here's the third wall. Here's the fifth wall. I don't know. Anyway, walls. Five. Three, sir. Three. Uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, we have fun. Yes, we do. Anyway. Anyway, Nate Osborne wants to know, or asks, When it comes to daily concealed carry, what is one skill you find to be the most overrated and one skill that is most overlooked? Well, um, one skill that is most overrated, reloads. So, reloads are something that
0: is taught in gun class because you have to reload a lot to, you know, do the class. And if you're going to do it a lot, you might as well be good at it, um... For civilians, I can't think of any instant at all where someone has needed to reload a gun in a self-defense shooting. Um, That's not true. I can think of one, exactly one. But they didn't reload with just getting a new magazine and and going that way. They had multiple guns on them. It's actually one of the few NFA items used in self-defense that I can think of. But anyway, um, so reloads. I mean, I think that's a good skill to have, and I'm not saying don't carry a reload. I carry a reload, but the reason I carry that reload is more of for a malfunction clearance standpoint than um, I think I'm going to make it through an entire magazine and then into the second magazine. I could be wrong, but the other thing too, it's one of the, I can carry it. It doesn't affect me negatively at all. Um, so why not carry it? It's not hard to conceal. But well, I need it? Probably not. Um, if I do need it, though, I'll need it really bad. So that was most overrated, most underrated skill for a concealed carrier to have. Um, quick draw time, and that will make some people mad. Uh, but I'll tell you, and, and a lot of people will say things like, well, usually when the fight starts, the gun's already in your hand. That's true, um, unless it's not. And if it's not, I can say from 100% uh, you know, certainty that when you have something like an angry dog charging at you and you've got a limited amount of time and space to deal with that problem, the quicker you can employ the gun, the better. Um, same thing, someone's coming at you with a knife. Uh, you cannot get the gun out too quickly. You can draw the gun at the inopportune moment, and you can shoot too quickly, shooting when you don't need to. But I can't think of a single instance where once you've, reached legal and moral justification for having a gun in your hand that you can get it there too fast. Um I think the people that say that you don't need to have a quick draw time just are kidding themselves and making excuses for why they've not worked on it and gotten faster. But that's just me and I'm sure that's another thing that people will be angry that I said, but that's just my thoughts on it. So anyway,
1: Next one, uh, Chris Mayall wants to talk ammo and ballistics. I'm going to try and kind of condense this as best way as I can. Uh, he says, given that many agencies and departments, as well as individuals who carry for protection, like used to say, 40 or 45 was the way they go and now have transitioned to nine millimeters since there have been advancements in technology and ballistics. He wants to know, do you feel that the firearms industry will enhance 40 at 45, etc., in a few years to make everyone switch back and forth? Essentially, kind of a uh, you know, uh, like a yeah, an economics type thing. Right. Uh, we, more of our We've stuff. made this
0: better now, so now you need to switch again. Yeah. Well, no, probably not. Um, so, yes, there used to be an advantage between nine millimeter, forty, forty-five. With the advantage going towards forty and forty-five, just due to the bullet designs. Um, you know, the the problem is as technology has increased and and things like that. Uh, and when I say there was an advantage, what would happen is that the larger, heavier bullets would do better through intermediate barriers, significantly better. And were also um more likely to expand. They just worked a little bit better. They would also penetrate deeper. Um <laughs> Thank you, Minion. So let's let's think about this though from a you know physics standpoint. Uh most self defense cartridges these days are designed to expand um times their diameter. So, uh, most of them are designed to reach a depth in the body of at least 12 inches, ideally somewhere in between 12 and 16 inches. Just don't say anything. So, um, we've done a lot of ballistics testing just as part of some other things that we do. I'd say that tends to hold true. Now, the difference between a nine millimeter that will reach the vital i'm trying to think of ways to say this that you can't be funny, and I'm having a really difficult time i'm saying nothing yeah okay um the the difference between an expanded nine millimeter and an expanded forty five caliber a c p is generally going to be a tenth of an inch um ish you know, so i've shot a lot of h s t and those tend to end up around point you know point seven to point seven five recovered diameter. Um, the 45 HST that I've shot ends up around point eight five ish, uh, recovered diameter, which is an average. And we're not talking about maximum, you know, spread. We're talking about the actual average of the recovered diameter. Um, so anyway, does that actually matter for inside of a person? No, no, it doesn't. Um, I've yet to see someone shot with a nine millimeter that they survived where 45 in the same place would have killed them. And I've yet to see a person shot with a nine millimeter that, you know, excuse me, a 45 that killed someone that a nine millimeter wouldn't have done the same thing. Um, does it matter in really, really weird, like one in a million type circumstances? Maybe, um, you know, someone I respect really deeply feels that there's a and I think the figure he gave me was about a 10% advantage that 45 has over nine. I, I don't agree with him, but hey, even if that's the case, um, let's look at the trade-offs. You know, harder for most people to shoot. Well, less rounds. Um, you know, bigger guns. Just I, I don't, I don't see this changing anytime soon. If anything, you know, I don't think 40 caliber is going to exist the way it does in another 25 years. It's going to be another forgotten cartridge. Um, 45 will always be around just because this is an extremely popular cartridge here. But I'm, you know, whether or not there are any advantages, I don't think there are going to be any advantages until materials radically change um, or the launching platforms radically change. So, just my thoughts on it. Well, now we're at an awkward time, darn it. Oh, I've got a quick one. Maybe. How much longer have we got, Jake?
1: minute and a half. Great. Oh, yeah, you can, yeah, You can do this. All right, but fast. It'll quick. work out. Talk. Uh, Keith Decker wants to know, would you ever invite us fans to an open range day? <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> hmm. I'd like to say yes to that. I, I really like the idea of saying yes to that. Um, I don't know. It would depend. See, if it's a ballistic radio event and then someone does something dumb and gets hurt, uh, then it's a ballistic radio event where someone did something dumb and got hurt. Um. So maybe, but probably not.
1: Is that a good... That's an answer.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I will tell you places where I will be, you know, and if you guys go to that class or whatever and see me there, hey, feel free to say hello. Polypalooza, great example of that. There are a lot of listeners out there. It was a good time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, make sure you check out our website, ballisticradio.com, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash radio. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe, and we'll see you next week with Recorded Show, because I won't be here. Bye!